Welcome back to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we read books and then we talk about them. What if it's their first time? Then welcome for the first time to the Fantasy Book of the Month <laughs> podcast, where we read fantasy books and then talk about them. Come in, sit by the fire. There's no fire. Thank God. I'm already sweaty. Yeah. Anyway, each month we talk about a theme and then talk about a book related to that theme. And then ideally have some book planned to read next. I don't think we accomplished that last one this time. Um, See? Yeah. But anyway, welcome. Uh, I'm Peter Schaefer. Uh, with me today are Nick. Hi, I'm Nick. And Katie. That's me. And uh, this month, our theme that we're talking about is elements, which seems pretty general and broad what do we want to say about elements the thing that comes to my mind is that when i was a kid and i wanted to be a writer every story idea i came up with i'm pretty sure without fail incorporated just like the elemental powers mm. like it's it's kind of and i don't mean this in a bad way by any means but it's kind of like the most generic fantasy power i guess or the you're right i mean there's something very basic about it which you could take in that insulting way or you could just take as like a fundamental thing it's something that people gravitate toward in the same way nick um i'm a game designer and i've been designing tabletop role-playing games for a long time now and i think the very first game that I tried designing by myself also had, uh, you know, the basic elemental wizards, you know, the, the air mm -hmm. wizards and the earth wizards and et cetera. Um, so like, it's, I, it's a very easy place to uh, gravitate toward. And I mean, I guess by its very nature, elements are the, building blocks the fundamentals so why wouldn't it be the building block and fundamental of fantasy and magic in general yeah i mean it's interesting because we all at least you know we're all white american people um we gravitate toward the classical greek elements fire earth water and air right i mean it's possible that there was possible that I, I haven't looked deeply into it. It's possible there's something else, but there are other cultures with other elemental assortments. Um, I think that I the believe, Chinese yeah, was, er, five was, elements are are okay. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. Keep going. Uh, I think fire, earth, water, air, and metal. But I could be wrong about that. I just looked it up because I'm very curious. It's wood, fire, wood. earth, metal, water. Okay. So no air. Got it. Yeah, I um I get a little screwed up because I think one of my earlier exposures to that idea of a different set of elements was from a role-playing game, unsurprisingly for me, um, called <laughs> Exalted, um, which took a lot of Asian influence. Um but didn't use the standard five. They they changed. They used wood, but air instead of metal. Um, but yeah, so like that's that's interesting. And I mean, just trying to put myself into a position of what would I assume are the build elemental building blocks of the world if I were starting from nothing right now, looking out the window. My window right now, I see trees and, you know, and, you know, green leaves and ivy on the ground. And I would assume that plants are some kind of fundamental part of the universe. Absolutely. So wood I, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So who do we know? Who is responsible? Because we know um, Aristotle is the one who came up with the classical four elements. Mm -hmm. or, I, like, or you know at least formalized it or wrote about it he's right he's the name we remember 
I wonder if there is one for, for the Chinese five elements, because I actually don't really have any experience with this, so I'm kind of curious. But I can totally see, yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I could see why we would assume that these are the basic building blocks of the universe. I'm just sitting over here just thinking Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. That's so, all. You guys are like, oh, yeah, Aristotle. Oh, yes, Chinese ancient literature. And here I am just like, Bulbasaur. <laughs> well, that's a great question, Katie. Who's your starter? Always the fire type. Really? Charizard? I always pick the, I always pick the water type. What? I feel like the water type's usually the cutest. But... No wonder you two are natural enemies. <laughs> yes. He is my rival. Mm -hmm. I always Perfect. named him Booger. <laughs> That's funny. Peter, do you have a starting a starter? I never played Pokemon. I uh, I was okay. the perfect age to to play it as it came out. I think when it was coming out, I was in middle early high school. Um, but it was on Game Boy, and I did not enjoy portable gaming. I wanted to play games on my TV. By default, uh, you are the grass starter. Then, congrats, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> to be fair. I'm actually kind of with you, Peter. Like, I never liked the Pokemon games. I only played Heart Gold and Platinum. But, like, I didn't play them as a kid. I played them, there was like a, a year mm -hmm. where I was kind of into it for a bit. And then I got over it really quick. Yeah, no, you know, it's clearly a huge thing. I, uh, I have a, a, a dear friend who is in my age bracket who still plays Pokemon Go um, devotedly. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Is it Doug? Damn. Uh, is it he, is not is he Doug. Your friend in your in your age group. I'm not sure. Does Doug still he, play Pokemon Go? Yes. Damn yeah. the commitment. I gotta really give props for people who uh, nearly what? How many, is it? Seven years Six later. Six or seven? Yeah. It's 2016. It was the summer of 2016. So. Yeah, it was like a few months after my kid was born. Pokemon Go was born. Yeah, well, that's wow. that's causal. <laughs> oh, Pokemon Go is going to be in second grade this year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Pokemon Go. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, yeah. we've really devolved. Um, yeah, Aristotle, you guys. Yeah, totally Aristotle. So what are the elements in uh, Pokemon? Because there's oh, there's plant well. type, fire type, water type, earth it's grass type. Thank type, you. Gra oh, <laughs> grass there's, type. There's then earth they have like, and ground. Wait, those are different there's types. Yeah. There's That's, also normal. Yeah. Yep, normal, flying, metal, fighting, ghost, electric, yep. dark, uh, fairy. Yeah. See, I, I I like the idea of some of these other things being Poison. considered elemental to nature right like the idea Electric. that like ghosts are elemental to nature or or darkness um uh, at some point to the you know air earth fire and water people Ice. added ether um, <laughs> she's still going i'm just mm. trying i'm trying to remember <laughs> i think i got most Is, of them isn't though. magma one Separate from no. fire? No, no, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but you know, okay, so but we also see these elements show up in a lot, a lot of other books. Um, the first one that comes to mind for me is the Wheel of Time series, where uh people weave spells out of those four elements, uh, plus spirit. Um and uh Yep, yep. Like the men have fire yes. and earth. Well, I any, say. Anyone can have all of them, but men are you often stronger in earth and fire because everything was super sexist in those books. Um, <laughs> but Isn't Egwene uh, like good with earth. Though? She is surprisingly good with earth. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so like any other books. That involve 
you the know, Grisha verse. The Grisha verse. Yeah, that's oh, like uh, Shadow, Shadow and Bone. Uh, yeah, Shadow and Bone. I didn't read and... the books, but I just finished the TV show. Hey, I would I would say it uses the elements. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it definitely does because they have like specific people can only do air stuff, and they also have like menders who are like healers, and they have fire people, ground people, water people, dark people. I think the reason like the fighting I... people <laughs> and magma people. No, not magma people. Um... There are no magma people. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but then well, you also so, the sun summoner. Um, sorry. No, no, no. It's cool. So in, inter- interestingly, uh, like I'm not, I don't have a, a great depth or familiarity with Sanderson, but Sanderson has a series with the, the people who ingest metals and, and use those for powers. Uh, yep, oh, yes. that's Mistborn, but they don't... The, uh, well, that's, that's the thing. Really... That's not that's not the classical elements, but it is technical elements because they are in... Like, they eat tin, which is an element, or lead, or... Uh, I don't think they uh, eat lead. That's probably for the dangerous. best. But, um, <laughs> you know, whatever the... Um, the actual things that they use to generate their powers are, those are all metals, right? Or are any of them, uh, or sorry, those are all elements, unless some, are any of them alloys? I haven't read. Yes, there are alloys as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called allomancy. Oh, well, that does imply maybe alloys? Yeah, there are, no, there definitely are. There is steel. Because they have to, like, learn the proper percentages of what and what mm, to like make it correctly otherwise it's not pure enough and you can get sick from it i see so that's not exactly i guess that's not quite elemental but it does like imply i don't know like maybe like it's it feels like a almost a different set of elements like well for example there's a web comic uh called the order of the stick a lot of people know about it Do you mm-hmm. guys know about it yeah, I've heard of it. Okay. Um, it's very much like a D&D inspired uh, webcomic. It makes a lot of role-playing game jokes and that kind of thing. Um, but at some point, one of the villains casts, you know, summon elemental, a common, you know, D&D spell. Everyone knows about it. You summon an elemental and it does work for you. Um, but instead of summoning a fire elemental or earth elemental or anything, he summons like palladium elemental, Um, (laughs) you know, and people look at him and say, what are you doing? What it's, you know, it is, you know, lighter uh, than, than steel, but twice as strong. I went to school, um, you know, so he just like, and he plays that game over and over where he summons elementals that are actual elements instead of the <laughs> classical elements. Uh, it's a good running gag. That's funny. Yeah. So I'm not thinking I'm not no other like strongly elemental themed uh, things are leaping to mind. Yeah, so, I'm sure I've got the same thing. I'm sure there's like hundreds and hundreds, but I'm just like Pokemon. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of card games. I mean, speaking of Pokemon, Magic sure. Gathering has their mana types. Um, mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! also has, like, types, monster types. I mean... Yep. Yeah. It's... And and I, I think that the fascination or draw to this sort of focus on the elements is... all. It's, it's sort of a fascination with the building blocks of the universe right and trying to piece together how the world works i mean to a degree fantasy stories come from folklore stories in a lot of ways at least Hmm. and i think part of the the folklores come from trying to explain the unexplainable right and a lot of times or it comes from uh trying to teach a lesson but i i really like what you're saying i like yeah i'm not the, saying um, it as eloquently as i'd like to do we ever um <laughs> but uh no Speak i really for yourself like, i do the talking pretty nice yeah yeah katie does the talk real good yo 
Um, but uh, no, no, I, I really like the ideal of what you're saying because, you know, like it comes out of, you know, we, we go back to it because of a desire to kind of understand the cosmos. It sounds so nice. And I think that is where these divisions came from originally, but I want to, not I want to, but I'm going to be more cynical and say that I think the reason, I don't know, I'm going to suggest that perhaps the reason we see them over and over in stories or in games um, is because creators need a way to divide things up and it's convenient and easy. Um, Not only is it convenient and easy, it kind of has like a built-in balance too. True. It's like Maybe. rock paper scissors. I mean, as, as a game designer, I, I will tell, I will say that that the what the what balance is there is only because you put it there. Um, but uh, but sure. I mean, are you telling me that I can't take down a mountain with a plant? That I'm saying, yes, you specifically are incapable of of destroying a mountain with a plant. I don't know if I plant a lot of plants, the roots will go down, and then well, look, you said a plant. That is a singular, and a singular uh, which will multiply. mm, Okay, (laughs) look. Uh, Next question. So anyway, I, I, I just want to cynically say that I think we see it a lot out of more laziness than high-mindedness. Um, I, I, I mean, but I, you could also make the argument, I think, that having this basic fundamental building block helps you world-build. Right? Does it help, or does it just kind of, like, do the job for you? Maybe. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> But again, I think that all comes down to how lazy the person doing the world building is. I guess lazy is not the right word, but yeah, not um, entirely. It's not an entirely fair word, but um, I mean, I'm not going to argue that it can't be done well. Well, we, uh, I mean, specifically what we're talking about today, we can definitely prove that it can be done well. Absolutely. And why don't we leap into that? Um, because. <laughs> Because where what are we're going in circles? So we are uh, discussing today the book, uh, the Rise of Kiyoshi from the Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, property, written by. Can F. I just tell e. you how lazy, lazy, lazy the world building was? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <sighs> that was the most sarcastic. yeah okay i'm so i'm glad i'm glad we picked this book um i think it might have been rachel who's not here with us at the moment who picked it is that correct or i think i suggested it oh you suggested it i think so which is why i just kicked off with the with singing us in but uh i thought that was because you like to sing la 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 he's a great singer um Mm-hmm. The timing of us uh, talking about this, though, in my life just perfectly coincides with the fact that about three, four months ago, I decided to rewatch all of Avatar oh, The Last Airbender oh, and, and Korra. So I had just finished Korra in time to start reading these. Oh, that's great. And it is just, it's, it has been delightful for my, my, the past three months <laughs> of my life to have just been Avatar The Last Airbender focused. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, so how did Cora hold up? Because, because my experience with it was like a little rocky. Although I thought the fourth, I thought the fourth season was the strongest. Uh, it's. I, I've always thought the first season was the strongest. Interesting. Um, I always thought that Amon was a really cool the the masked guy who could take mm-hmm. away people's bending. That was the yeah. coolest idea I thought they had in a while. Yeah. Um. Korra suffers from not having an overarching plot to carry over all the seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, season four is good because it's small and grounded in a lot of ways, but it's mm-hmm. still, especially following seasons two and three, season four feels too small. For all of the adventures that Korra has been on, in my opinion, 
it seems like she should have been able to solve this problem in one episode. And I feel like the writers went to great efforts to explain why she couldn't. Mm, but it just, it just, it just felt too small. And then same thing with season two, actually, same problem where it felt too small. And then all of a sudden at the end, she's essentially fighting giant mecha spirits. And you're like, yes. what is going on? Right. So, yeah, not doesn't hold up nearly as well as obviously last. No, the the original three seasons <laughs> is is the perfect lightning in the bottle. It will yeah hold a place forever in my heart. Um, but yeah, so so that that sounds like a great three months, Nick. I envy it. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay, so what do we think of this book? Uh, well, I guess obviously for people who don't know, we need to tell them that. Uh, the Avatar, The Last Airbender, originally a cartoon, um, uh, never ever made into a live action movie, and um, not. is a world where people can manipulate the four classical elements through martial arts movements um, and other sort of like physical efforts that that. But not everybody. Correct. Some people can't. Um, uh, right, and it's, you, you have it or you don't, and then you. Well, yes, it's well. It's the people. It's based on your heritage, and the people have, I guess, separated themselves out into different nations a long time ago. That's you know, we just we have the Fire Nation, the Earth Kingdom, the Air Nomads, and the uh, the Water, water tribe. Tribes. Water Tribe. Um, so, but, uh, boy, I mean, it's a magical show. I love it. Everyone should see it. Uh It it could have been lazy, um, but they really went to such lengths to, to show the many things that you could do with those elements, with the, with your bending, which is what they call it. Air bending, earth bending, water bending, fire bending. Um, that I, that we just simply can't accuse them of laziness. Um, yeah, I it's don't know. So Someone good. else talk. Makes, it's so makes good. Makes me cry. Makes me cry. It should. Um, I also just want to mention that the show is, it is a Western cartoon. It is made by Nickelodeon. Um, yes. But it is heavily inspired by um, Asian anime, mm-hmm. um, Asian culture. Um, or sh- I should say various Asian cultures. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, you can see, um, you can see the, those clearly in the four nations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the fire nation is inspired by Japan, the earth kingdom by China, the air nomads by Tibet. Um, and uh, the water tribes, always felt inuit to me um yeah i agree with that okay. yeah although i'm not sure it works though yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah carry on um it's just i well i did also just find it very interesting because i i hadn't really heard of the five chinese classical or i, mm-hmm. I forget how you exact wording of it um but I'm I'm almost a little surprised they didn't go that route with it. Yeah, it it's was interesting. So Asian inspired. Um, we didn't mention it. The Avatar. No, is I failed. A, <laughs> they are they are the bridge between spirit and humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I will also say, spirit is another element in this world besides the four in a lot of ways um notably by you know the seasons of the tv show are separated into books Mm -hmm. um the first one is uh of the original show is water then earth then fire and then cora picks up with air Mm -hmm. and then the second season of cora is called spirit yeah that's right i'd forgotten yeah uh, very aptly named. Uh, the Avatar is um, the bridge between humanity and the spirit world, and they are also the master of all four elements. They are the only person who can control more than one element. Yeah. 
um, and they are reincarnated after their death into the next kingdom or into the next um the uh, next uh, yeah sure yeah someone the of the heritage nation. from the, the next element in the cycle um yeah and uh and it's always like they always have to go and try to find the next uh avatar after the last one dies by virtue of uh various I guess rituals, various ways of identifying that person, which which feels very um, what's the very very like the Dalai Lama kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the show that we keep talking about, you know, follows one avatar, and this book, The Rise of Kiyoshi, uh, it follows the avatar that is one of his predecessors, um, which is an interesting choice. Like we learn about avatar Kiyoshi in the show. And then it's kind of when I, when I heard about the book originally, I thought that it was kind of, I don't know. It was kind of hard to imagine there being an interesting story. I, yeah, I agree with you. In yeah, in you know, oh, like we we we've heard of Kiyoshi, we know who she is, a previous Avatar Earthbender, originally, you know, it's fine, it's uh, okay, but uh, well, let's, in yeah. the show, she's introduced as this character that is so much larger than life, and she is yes. known as a widely successful, very strongly worshipped and um, mm-hmm. invoked Avatar. Um, yes. And amazingly, what I love is in these in these books, she is so not that. Yes, and they I think they took a lot of um, they made a lot of changes that were very surprising and very welcome to me. I I, I loved. I, I guess we'll just I mean we can dive in here, but yeah, um, but I already disagree. I wouldn't say that they made any changes. I think they just I I think they found space within the story. Or within within what's already established to tell a compelling story. Yeah, I guess changes are not really the right word. They they they. The biggest thing that stands out to me was the fact that there was a false avatar in her lifetime. Yes, I thought that was a remarkably interesting choice, where we literally open the book, mm-hmm. and we are introduced to characters that are not Kyoshi, and then we are suddenly introduced to Kyoshi as a small child. Mm-hmm. And then we skip to modern times, and there is someone else that is the avatar. That's right. And I'm just like jaw dropped, oh, no. confused. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I thought that was an awesome, awesome choice. Yes. Um, I also really love that we're kind of what Kyoshi was to Aang. We start learning about new avatars that they are to her, right? Like Yang Chen and um, mm-hmm. Kuruk. Um, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Nobody likes Kuruk. <laughs> That's true. Kuruk he was kind of problematic, but you know, I think not. I think it's good to say, like, to demonstrate that not every avatar can be like a great avatar. <laughs> like when you have a thousand of them, some of them are going to be kind of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he's so Koruk is the avatar directly before her, and he is widely accepted as a failure of an avatar. Right. Um, because all he did was hunt and play pie show, which is like they're a form of chess or a strategy game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even worse, failure is the fact that they struggled for, uh, over was it six years or ten years to even locate the avatar, and then furthermore, when they did locate the avatar, it wasn't even the right person. They got the wrong one. I actually because so they were I so desperate. Be, they were. They just they had were. to name somebody at that point. They're just like, holy shit! Even like the broom in the cupboard will do at this point. We just need somebody. Mm-hmm. I might be misremembering, but I I think they said in the book that they found him like two years ago. But that seems a bit too... That might be right. Anyway, so that's that's what I recall. The only time that I recall them, them mentioning like how long ago it was. But like, yeah, they got really desperate. Um, and, and they found the wrong guy. Poor guy. 
Poor guy. Oof. Did uh, did either of you end up continuing to read on? Because there's a second book called The Shadow of Kyoshi. So this was a I reread. Have Thirty for me. minutes left. <laughs> okay. I think um, I have forty minutes left. <laughs> oh, have... so you already got to the part where the bison died. Uh, oh wait, she I'm means. Like... I'm oh, just kidding. The... Wait, was... <laughs> sorry. Hold on. Wait. Yeah, I have forty minutes left. So if that happens in the next ten minutes, Katie, I'm gonna be. No, mad that was like. That was a big joke. Are you just doing doing the Wheel of Time Bella dies? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I'm Um, so glad that I have my own bit. (laughs) So I did read it in the past, but I haven't reread it this time. That's fair. Yeah, I don't remember the contents terribly well at the moment. That's Um, Yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, but okay, um, look, this was, I really enjoyed this book. Um, n- and not just as somebody who loves the original TV show. Um, I think this is a really good book about like friendship and about finding your own place in the world. Um, and I don't know, other things. It, it really turns. I mean, to a degree, this book does rely, not saying that it can't stand alone, but it does rely on your preconceived notions of Kyoshi and the world of Avatar a little bit. Um, Maybe. I mean, I let those go pretty fast, I think. You don't, like I said, I don't think it's really required or anything like that, but this book does go out of its way to turn all of the expectations of what the Avatar should be on its head. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Especially since um, in the show, there was like one episode where Aang like channels Kiyoshi, and I just remember her being just like this total bitch. And then we <laughs> meet Kiyoshi in the book, and I'm just like, oh, she's sweet and awkward. I like her. Yes. Well, so I recently rewatched that episode, like very recently. Yeah. And specifically, what? Sh- so what happened is that um, this town is trying to um, punish Aang because they say that Kyoshi killed their former leader. And so, and they never got to put her to justice for it. So they're trying to punish Aang. So the, the team is trying to prove that Kyoshi did not kill this person. Right. And finally, Aang channels Kyoshi and she speaks and she says, yeah, I killed him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's kind of, it's like, she says, part, I killed him. He was a douche. Yeah. He was a horrible person and he deserved it. And I saved yeah, countless right. lives doing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, that kind of goes against at least what Aang's whole ethos was, which is he didn't want to kill anybody, but that had a lot more to do with him being an air nomad than it did with him yes. being an avatar. Mm-hmm. That's not entirely clear. If you watch the show for the first time as a kid though, that's um, fair. But yeah, I mean, seeing in this book and the way Kyoshi is driven so much by her vengeance, like I can see how she grew into an avatar who would kill an evildoer mm-hmm. uh, to save others, especially even reading the second book in the series. Like you can see why she doesn't want to, you know, she tries to let somebody live and it doesn't go well. Mm. A thought I had in terms of our theme this month, though, and this yeah. book, not a lot of bending in the actual book. No, and I th- I would call that a strength. Yeah, I agree. Right, because the like the book was about the people. Right, it was about mm-hmm. her struggles and her path. Um, you know, struggling with the fact that she was abandoned by her parents when she was young, uh, with the fact that someone who is supposed to be her protector turned out to be really unsafe for her. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And then, and then like discovering that the people who were safe for her, that were really on her side were the people that she kind of grew up to think of as, as villains. Right. Um, she had a lot of change to go through. Um, and that's what the book was about. It wasn't about, um, 
you know, throwing giant rocks or learning how to bend lightning or anything. Um, and honestly, like as much as half of the magic of the original show comes from how creatively they use their bending powers over and over again. And it keeps, they keep elevating it throughout three seasons when you think that surely they would have run out of ideas halfway through. They have not. Um, That's half the magic of the show. But the other half is how genuine and real and learning and growing the characters are. And, And if that is, I mean, like part of the brilliance of this book is that the author took that from the source material and acknowledged, maybe in their head, I hope, um, that you know they would never be able to compete with an animated show for how cool bending looks. So instead, they needed to meet the show on the level of its character growth um and it did very well said thank you um i also you did the words good i did good the words (laughs) and before i forget i want to throw in this book is queer and i love it yes oh my gosh it was so cute when she okay spoilers bella dies um it was so cute (laughs) when she is like holding rongi and is like she like moves in to kiss her and then her friend freezes and then she's like oh my god oh my god i fucked up i fucked up she's gonna hate yeah, me yeah i ruined our relationship me, and then rongi's just like that part's hurt stupid yeah, I just, kiss me I just over got here punched there <laughs> kiss me over here it was so cute I yes was just like, it's ah. so wonderful <laughs> yes and and honestly i mean it's weird because i it was a reread but i i clearly didn't remember everything because but you know, from some of the earliest moment where these two characters interact. And I, I saw that and I was like, oh, I want them to kiss. Um, and then they Peter had his later, little Yoshi so doll happy. and his Rongi doll and he's mashing um, their faces together. Right. Now kiss, kiss now kiss. kiss. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so you've been checking out that camera you have in my office again, have you? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Okay. Um, I do have a question. So if her mom was an air nomad, wouldn't that like kind of fuck up the cycle? Um, I think she has to be. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> this question is mostly answered, I would say, by Cora, because Cora is the first time we really learn of people of two different nations having children. Was and she? that child can not Cora. No, not Cora wasn't, but we Mako see Mako in... and Bolin, the brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their parents, one was an earthbender and one was a firebender, and they were born, one of them was an earthbender, one was a firebender. So right. uh, you can become one or the other if both of your parents are different types of benders. And so, and also yeah. Aang's kids, too. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Some yeah. are one. Uh, one is a airbender, but... His sister well, is a waterbender. Yeah. And then one of them is not a bender, right? Yeah. Uh, Boomy. Yeah. yeah. Until later. What? Oh, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally forgot about that. Did you watch Korra? Like I did, a long yeah. time ago. S- small just, spoilers. You're just spouting nonsense now. No, it's season three when people Korra, start but... getting, uh, random people start manifesting airbending. Yeah. She, um, because she opens up the portal between spirit world and the human world, and their humans and spirits are roaming the same world again, and right. it creates new airbenders from oh. people who previously could not bend. That's interesting, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should rewatch. <laughs> I that. wasn't okay, I wasn't sure about her dad though, because like I don't think they ever really said about him. They, no, he well, I don't know if they said he was an earthbender, but he is earth kingdom. Okay, I know that Cor- all Cor- I know is that talking about Cora's they... parents. No, no, she means uh, Kiyoshi. Oh, Kiyoshi's. Right? Sorry, yeah, Kiyoshi's oh, dad. Oh, Because oh. I don't think they ever like specified. They just dropped her off in the Earth Kingdom, but I don't think they ever said, "Yeah, my dad's from the no, Earth no, Kingdom." No, no, no. They, they, they do. At some point, it was like, "Oh, this, this high and mighty 
you know, this lofty airbender monk met this earth kingdom thief and they like, she just fell for him. Yeah. I guess, do they ever explain, does, is he an earthbender? I actually don't recall this now, or is he just of the earth kingdom? I don't recall them saying they might have everyone else in their little gang are benders. So I kind of assume he was. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I don't know if they, they might have used Earthbender for, as an adjective for him once, but I don't remember if they did or not. But I know they said Earth Kingdom. You know, and, and uh, Kiyoshi specifically calls out like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm from two different kingdoms or worlds or whatever it is. Um, and uh, so even, even if uh, they hadn't said about her father, like we could assume, well, not an air nomad, and therefore something else. But uh, yeah, no, I you know, so she's natively an Earthbender, I suppose. Well, I guess the Avatar cycle thinks so. So who are we to judge? <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing. If the Avatar cycle says it's okay, then I guess it's okay. That's right. The Avatar cycle is basically like uh, twenty three and Me. For, for this world, it just you know it answers all those questions, but only for like one person every seventy years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I loved this book. Yeah, I we didn't really talk too much about the plot. I feel like we should probably go a little bit into it more. But sure, it's spoiler time. We, I think we can avoid doing too many spoilers, but. And then she killed the sinker, and then everyone was dead. Ooh, well, and then she <laughs> solved world hunger. The, I would say the crux of the story, if I was going to do it in like a paragraph, right? The yeah. Earth Sage who is tasked with teaching and training the Avatar, who has the wrong Avatar, a boy named Yoon. Um, he has taken who in Who was Kiyoshi. a total sweetie, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's taken in Kyoshi, coincidentally, really. Um, as a uh, maid for his house um, where the Avatar lives. Um, there's also an uh, air nomad uh, who lives Kels- with them. Kelsang. Who... Yeah. Kels- yeah, Kelsang, yeah. yeah. And um, these two, they were both friends of the previous Avatar, Koruk. So that's why they've taken the responsibility on training the new Avatar. Um, when they realize that Kyoshi could be the actual avatar and it's possible that they have the wrong one um the earth sage what's his name uh zhang jiangshu jiangjun jiangshu jiangshu okay he um he takes yun and kyoshi to his spirit and asks mm-hmm. the spirit which one is the true avatar and when it reveals he um spoilers here but he basically leaves Yoon behind and mm-hmm. takes Kyoshi and the rest of the story well Kyoshi escapes and the rest of the story is Kyoshi uh doing a revenge plot essentially That's she right. wants to kill this man for the harm he has caused people she loves yes not not only Yoon but also uh Kelsong who the the air nomad who is a like kind of a replacement father figure yeah, who really took her in as an orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her story of mastering the elements, which, again, they don't really focus on too much, but her drive is not to save the world. Her drive is to kill this man. Right. That's her initial, like, I'm leaving and I'm going to get my vengeance. Yeah. And uh, she also befriends, uh, one, uh, among all of her, her new friends that she makes, um, one of them is literally like a, an assassin, like a master killer, and she takes him on as a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, this book is so, I mean, I know Avatar can get dark at times, but. There's more, can. there's, it's, yeah, there's more death than I expected before I read it the first time. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it is, it is, um, like, the original cartoon gets serious, but this gets there faster. Mm-hmm. Not uh, a lot of joy in Kyoshi's life. Not to start with, no. Well, it could have been more joyful 
if they had Pong Pong in there more often. I agree. Yes. Yes, they're flying bison. They needed more animal companions. Because, like, yeah, Momo yeah. and Appa are, like, so fucking cute and fun. And same with, fuck, Oogie, um, mm. Naga, and the Fire Ferret. Yeah, but you know, but I I wonder if maybe they don't, uh, they're not as effective in a book. But they're so cute. They are so cute, but like, well, you know, I just, I just wonder if maybe it's the kind of thing that comes across much better or at least more effectively in a cartoon. What I'm saying is I could maybe, I could maybe forgive them. Oh, I can't remember the fire ferret's name. I need to know. I'll look it up for you. Pabu. Pabu, yes, Pabu's so fucking cute. Okay, that is all. Please continue. Um, I also just kind of want to, another little just thought I'm having right now. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's really interesting that the author FCE chose Kyoshi instead of choosing, like, Roku, who is the predecessor to Aang. Right. We don't know a ton about his life, but... Instead, FCE chose to go two cycles back and introduce also the Kyoshi's previous avatar, Koruk, as we talked about, who ends up being a little bit more of a mentor to her later. Oh, so it's, and, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Well, and I don't know if you know, I'm sure you guys do, but FCE wrote two more books after yes. this, yeah. um, following Avatar Yang Chen, mm-hmm. who... Uh, was again two cycles before Kyoshi, and I'm assuming we're gonna get into Yang Chen's predecessor, Dato or something like that. Or yeah, I don't know their names. I uh, I think I tried the Yang Chen book, and I didn't find it as compelling. Um, I I do want to say I think like I don't know exactly what their the process for their decision to land on Kyoshi. Uh, was, but I suspect uh, we got an episode in the original uh, cartoon that gives you a good broad uh, overview of Avatar Roku's life and some of his um, conflicts, like some of the major conflicts, which were, uh, you know, having to, having to fight against your best friend when your best friend turns out to like have plans for world domination. Whoopsie. Um, and, and so like just having that sketched out already leaves you a lot less space to, to create in than knowing this eventual, uh, kind of character of Kiyoshi and being able to invent how you get there. Yeah, I think just having like the broad she will become super duper famous is like a nice, easy point to hit eventually Mm -hmm. without any of like the extra background stuff that, you know, like Roku had. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that makes sense to me as a choice. Um, But uh, yeah. I was just thinking from a narrative structure, it, it's helpful to have um, a, what is it called? Um, when you have like a master or somebody teaching you. Mentor? A mentor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fantasy books like this will have like a mentor figure. And I just think it's uh, interesting mm. to go back two cycles so that you can introduce two new characters mm-hmm. in that way. Sure. So, so I, I, I completely agree. It makes sense that this choice was made. I just uh, wanted to note it. No, all in all, I think this is a really cool book. Uh, It's great for a fan of the last airbender cartoon. Um, It's good for anyone else. Even so, like it's still a good book. Um, Everyone should read it. And if you don't, you'll answer to me. (laughs) Goodness. Last thoughts? More fire ferrets? More fire ferrets, sure. Okay, cool. Good job, team. We did it. All right. Yeah, high five. Boom. Um, 
All right. Well, okay. Thanks for uh, listening to us jabber jabber on for a while. Um, my name is Peter Schaefer. You can, I'm a, I'm a game designer and a writer. You can find my short fiction at pashafer.com. That's P-A-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. And you can find my game stuff at shoelesspetegames.com. With me today have been Katie. That's me. You can not find me on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it is now. <laughs> but you can check out my bookstore, griffinsroostbt.com. Um, or if you're into audiobooks, you can uh, support my store through Li- Libro FM. Just search for me. I search for you all the time. You don't have to look too far. I'm right behind you. What? <laughs> so it's weird. I didn't need to for the bit, but I did actually turn around. Jesus. Thank <laughs> you. And Nick. I feel like there would have been a lot more echo if she was right behind you. I think that would have been a problem. Um, yeah, probably. I should have known better, but I don't. I don't know any better. You can find me and the other podcasts that I do on TooManyThoughtsMedia.com. That's T-O-O, ManyThoughtsMedia.com. Um, yeah, join our Discord. Uh, you can <laughs> hop in there. You can chat with us directly. You can berate us. You can send us pictures of your bookshelves. And uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. It really, really does help. Yeah. And we'll, um, uh, we'll read your review on the air. Yeah, and... If you send us photos of your bookshelves, either on the Discord or to too many thoughts media at gmail.com, we will look at them, we will admire them, we will judge them, and we will thank you also on the air. Uh, cool so, beans. yeah. Yeah. And uh, next time, we don't have a book picked out, but our theme for next month is supposed to be Fuck dinosaurs. Yes. Yeah, dinosaurs. Um, so anyway yeah thanks for listening and until next time please keep reading I'm so fucking stoked for dinosaurs you guys